This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money, and I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help uh, bring more in-person interviews, more travel more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of a, uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free, uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go, um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing, and I thank you so much. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com.
What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, I had the pleasure of chatting with Mr. Jim Ward from At The Drive-In and Sparta. Uh, I was stoked for this one, guys. I reached out to Jim, and I know he doesn't do a lot of interviews, and we talk about that a little bit in the episode uh, of Why?, um, but he was on board to come on the show. We set it up uh, for you know a month later than we had uh, originally had looked at because we wanted to to put out the same time as the uh, the new Sparta record announcement, um, which came out last night. And the album is called Trust the River. And it, he sent it to me uh, two weeks ago. And what an amazing, amazing album! I love Sparta. Um, I was a huge fan of At the Drive In. And, you know, everything Jim does, he's such a creative person um, and such a special person. And I say that um, because we and we also talk a little bit. And I know I say this every once in a while. We talk about it in the episode and, and kind of prelude to this. But Jim watching some interviews with Jim and just seeing, you know, how passionate he was and is about what he does, passionate about being true to things and being, you know, real and uh, there's a part in an interview he did uh, where he actually broke down into tears talking about, you know, how special it is, the connection between, you know, a band in the room, doing the thing, creating the music, and that magic that can get lost, you know, in the machine. You know, and music, uh, when you get successful, a lot of times there is, the I mean, they call it the machine. We always joke about the machine. You're part of the machine now because you have people working for you. Their lives depend on what you're doing. Their families depend on what you're doing to for them to bring money home. I mean, there's there's so much to it, you know, where you see a band that's massive, you know, platinum selling band that's been the same guys forever. And then all of a sudden, one or two of them are gone and they're just replaced and just move on. You know, things that wouldn't happen like that, you know, if there wasn't a deal behind it. Anyway, I'm rambling, but uh, Jim is such a special person and a, a sweet soul and a, a, just a massive creator. And uh, I mean, what a refreshing conversation, you know, to have with someone that I've been listening to since I was a teenager. Uh, when I first heard at the drive-in, you know, in the back of my buddy's truck, driving through uh, a wintertime highway in Alaska uh, through the open window to then picking up relationship of command at Fred Meyer in Alaska and like what is this this is incredible changing how we feel about music the fact that we didn't get down to Portland to move uh, from Alaska until 2001 at that point we'd already missed basically every chance we'd had to see at the drive-in live to then signing to Fearless Records and being label mates with a band that was no longer uh, but was also one of our biggest influences. So it kind of came full circle, and we talk, you know, about that. But the new uh, Sparta album coming out is called Trust the River. It's amazing. We talk a little bit about the production of it and, and where some of the songs came from. Um, but super stoked that Sparta is back because I love that band. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Jim's one of my musical heroes. And the cool thing about this show is being able to talk to heroes of mine on all fronts, uh, but spend the time and just ask questions or just talk about things that we want to talk about, um, you know, and keeping it natural, keeping it real and, you know, in true form to, to what Jim does, just keeping it genuine. 
And so thanks so much to Jim Ward for coming on the show. Thank you guys for coming back week after week. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website for all the information, the newest episodes you can go through. I think there's a, a player on there. You can actually scroll through every episode and just click and click and click and play whatever you want. I know a lot of people have been binging these episodes. Once they discover the show, they go through the back catalog and are like, holy shit, we, we need to listen to this. So I get a lot of emails about that. So hit up the website. That's the easiest way. You can do it on Spotify or, or you know Apple iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Tell a friend, um, you know, tell a loved one what you think of the show. Or tell me, uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email you can get a hold of me at. Um, I respond to all my email. I love getting the feedback, good or bad. Uh, just knows that you guys are, to know that you guys are listening makes it extremely uh, uh, a precious thing, you know, because think about, you know, what your time is worth. And if you spend it with me uh, once a week, you know, 10 times a week if you're binging episodes, that's 10 hours of your week, uh, you know, that that you let me into your life. And I appreciate that. And, and you let the conversation into your life with whoever I'm talking about or talking with. And I, it, that is huge to me guys. And I know I, I go all cheesy on it all the time, but um, you know, I love having you guys around and it, it, uh, it means the world to me. So uh, thank you very much. Um, also, I want you guys to check out, you know, RER studio on Instagram, the Instagram. Uh, my wife loves it when I call it the Instagram. Um, Check out RER Studio on Instagram. My buddy Ryder does all his leather work. He works on guitars. He works on old tools. He's just creating these things, these amazing pieces of artwork, you know, from his from his mind. And he's doing great things, amazing things. He's made me the a custom guitar strap that I'll cherish the rest of my life. Uh, I mean, these are lifelong investments in this artwork. You can tell your story through them. Um, check out RER Studio. Ryder is my boy, and. Uh, yeah, I love that man, and the whole thing he's doing is just amazing. There's there's so many cool uh, artists coming around, um, you know, friends of mine that that have then branched out into artwork that I didn't even know were artists in that form. Uh, it's so cool to see. So I know you guys have seen the logos and stuff for the show from Wooden Cyclops, my buddy Wes, who was one of my first friends I made when I moved up to the mainland in Alaska, and uh, to this day. Uh, and I, you know, I love him too and, and what he's doing. And he, he created such an awesome image for the show, uh, that still lives on. So definitely check out Wooden Cyclops, check out RER Studio and keep coming back week after week. I'm going to stop rambling here. Uh, I've been trying to keep these intros as short as I can because this show's really about the conversation. So thank you guys so much. Without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Jim Ward from At The Drive-In and Sparta.
Are you enjoying the show? If you are, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Throw us a five-star rating or a review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out big time. So like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Jim. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm great, buddy. I am uh, terribly sorry about that uh, time zone. Thing here. Oh, it's okay. It happens. I, uh, I was still building America, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I'm a commercial plumber. So I, uh, oh, right now. I was on the job site up on like the top level, and, and I was like, I got the call. I was like, oh, shit. I must have <laughs> time zone. And, uh, yeah, I was actually listening to the uh, listening to the new record you'd sent me. Oh, and it was funny because I was listening to it, and then the phone rang. I looked at it, and I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> it took me a second. But, uh, yeah, man, I I appreciate uh, I appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, been looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, I don't do this often, so forgive me if I'm out of practice. Dude, is, that's absolutely fine. That's some of the, have you done a podcast before? I have not. Actually. Really? This is the first mm-hmm. one? I think so. Man. Well, well. As far <laughs> as I know. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that that works for me, dude. I, there's a few firsts I've had, and and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But uh, so, Jim Ward, welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, dude. Are you so you're home in El Paso? I am current. Yeah, I just got to my house, and okay. I'm going to hang out with my cat while we do this. Right on, right on, dude. So, like I said before, I'm, I mean, I've been looking forward to this one. I mean, you you've been. Um, uh, huge inspiration to me musically and and uh through i mean since my teenage years you know it's it's the one cool thing about doing this show is getting to talk to people that have had a huge impact on your life and and just kind of you know get real with people and 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 have a conversation and it's kind of i consider myself very lucky to be able to do that because it's you know it's it's not every day you know you get to to talk to someone who's who's had a huge effect on you so I appreciate uh, I feel, taking the time. Feel the same way. Oh yeah, for sure. I always feel the same way when I play shows with with other bands that I looked up to or that I'm, you know, currently admiring or whatever. I always enjoy being able to hang out yeah. backstage or at the bar or whatever and just talk. I love hanging out with crew. It's like my favorite thing in the world to hang out with crew because they always have like the best stories and have had more interesting lives than people in bands most of the time. Oh, absolutely. I agree <laughs> with that a hundred percent. I was always the same way on the road. Like I would, I would try to hang out with everybody and, and it usually ended up being crew because on the bigger tours, like it was the only people that were around. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, exactly. I, I mean, want to hang out. Yeah, exactly. And they're, I mean, they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing. They're out on the road. They're away from their families, you know, and <laughs> I, it, the story is absolutely, <laughs> yeah. that's where you get all the inside dirt is from the, the yeah. crew, you know? Yeah. Totally. To, and it's so funny too, how, how many bands certain crew members have worked for in the same, you know, time frame where they're jumping from ship to ship to ship, you know? Um, yeah. Man, I think. And you'll see like the same set of crew going from band to band. Like, you know, like a ton of the Deftones guys work for the Incubus guys. So if you're doing tours over a couple of years, you'll see the same dudes, you know, popping up. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever, have you ever teched for anybody? I have not okay. actually. No, I started. I started touring when I was just turned 18. Mm-hmm. Um, it was our first. We put out the first at the Drive-In 7-Inch when I was 
just turning from 17 to 18. So I, that's when I started touring, and I've always played. Man, so you and I, you and I are actually label mates, or I've been label mates. Uh, I'm trying to think. I've been, on, I've been on so many labels. I know that's what Fearless Records. So, ah, uh, yeah, Fearless Records back before or Fearless Records. Really, I mean, they were still kind of surviving. I think off the at the driving catalog at that point uh -huh. before the, everything kind of blew up with that whole uh, genre. Um, that's well, I guess it's popular now. Like, I mean, Fearless is huge now. And then uh, I almost said Rise Records, but you're not on that new at the driving record. No. So that's no. the other, the other deal. But um, yeah, so that was always cool. We when we signed to Fearless because we we would go into the warehouse and grab all the at the driving merch and everything, else, <laughs> you know, and leave everything else. And they're kind of like, that's all you want. And we're like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around the catalog, you know, it's such a strange, such a strange pairing. Uh, yeah, they were the last, the very last label to. Like we went to everybody for in Casino Out, and they were the very last. I think they were like the last label we talked to, and ended up signing us. And um, yeah, everybody else passed. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about now. I guess at the time, I guess it's not so crazy getting turned down. But um, yeah, no, yeah. no. At the time, I mean, we were quite small, and you know, playing, you know, playing to a couple of hundred people in mm -hmm. L.A. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Man. But yeah, they they took a risk, and I think it worked out pretty well for them. Yeah, pretty well for us. So it was yeah. a good thing. Good good people too. I always enjoyed my time there. But I've actually never had the same label for a full length ever. Every single full length I've ever made is on a different label. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> what do you attribute that to? Um, some of it is just, you know, in the beginning, I think it was probably the growth uh, trajectory of the band. So we mm -hmm. we put out a record on Flipside, and then. Flipside wasn't really making records, I don't think, anymore by the time we would be ready for In Casino Out. And then In Casino Out, we just got, you know, big enough to jump mm -hmm. at that point. I think in those days, you know, if you hit 10,000 records sold, you pretty much got a major label offer. And that's just kind of, that's how it worked. So yeah. I think once we hit 10,000 on Fearless, um, it was, it was in a, you know, it was a, it was a really hard decision at the time. And I remember it being really painful for me to go through that. And I think for the other guys to some degree as well as um, it's hard to walk away from somebody who's been so supportive of you. And at the same time, you don't want to short yourself on opportunities uh, to get your music to people. And, and so we, we left, you know, and then we went to uh, what became grand Royal. We mm -hmm. sort of signed to this, this like electronic company called Ben, which folded into grand Royal Um and then uh, Grand Royal went out of business. So I might actually just be a curse. So Grand Royal <laughs> went out of business. And then, and then, so then we started Sparta. We put out a record on DreamWorks. And I remember when we signed to DreamWorks, one of the guys there had come from Grand Royal and he was telling me like, man, this label has so much money, like the most money I've ever seen. Like no, this label isn't going anywhere. So then making uh, Porcelain, which is a second record, we we're uh -huh. in the studio at Sunset Sound and, um, got the call that they had, had folded and were being sold to Geffen. Um, oh my God. So put out a record on Geffen. Our porcelain came out on Geffen, but we sort of, that was a tough one because a lot of our, the people that had been with us on Wiretap were gone. Um, and so we had the same A&R guy, but basically, you know, he got folded into Geffen and was mm -hmm. sort of lost at sea a bit, I think. Um, so we, I don't think that record ever got its, its due. Um, but so then our contract was up, I think. 
Yeah. At that point, or we got dropped. I'm not really sure what happened. Either way, and then and then signed to Hollywood, and that was the fastest. That was the fastest, um, like end of a, a relationship ever. Like the record came out. I don't even know how long it was, but we were in Australia, and they'd actually picked up uh, Sleeper Car, which is my other band. Um, they had agreed to put out that record. So then I got a call while we were in Australia, and was like, "Well, you, you got dropped." Um, for both records, <laughs> for both bands. <laughs> like, I, didn't even, I don't, yeah, I don't think we ever signed anything for Sleeper Car. I don't think there's any like formal agreement, and still got dropped. It's just like, man, man, that's a. And you're in Australia, which is just like, geez, it couldn't be any further away from. Yeah. When something happened, yeah. Wow. So, that's a, so that was it. <laughs> so I just keep putting out records on, on labels, and, and then uh, I don't know. Weird luck. It's like a collect them all kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy how many people we've worked with or I've worked with over the different bands. But Wow. Um, so Hollywood yeah. Records, didn't they put out like a lot of like the Disney stuff or like the. Yeah, they're owned by Disney. Okay. So, so they put out like. Yeah, the... and I think what. Oh. I kind of think what happened is they had an AR staff. Like our AR guy there was awesome. Uh-huh. And he was allowed to sign bands that were sort of more in the influential category than the super profitable category yeah and and i think that's sort of where we fell and then the way i understand i don't know for sure because i spent easily 15 years not paying attention to any business at all but the way i understand it is sort of it it goes into like a boardroom and they look at numbers and they're like dude these guys don't sell any records you know yeah so yeah and it's kind of a hard fight to be like yeah but maybe we'll sign cool bands based on them and then you know how that whole thing is supposed to work but at the same time i mean after relationship came out, which was 2000, um, obviously record sales have plummeted basically every year since. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think people are starting to figure it out now. I don't think it's on the artist side. I don't, but I think labels are figuring out how to make money. Yeah. That's crazy. Which I... if I understand they have sort of a, some holdings with the streaming services. Mm-hmm. So I think as the streaming services grow, then the labels money grows, it doesn't do anything for bands, but. Wow, that is I don't such really a understand weird how world. <laughs> it's I... totally different from you know where where we came from. Yeah, I'm... there's some pretty good. There's some pretty good. Uh, the Black Keys podcast with Joe Rogan uh-huh. is pretty good. Uh, when they talk a lot about it, and okay. it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Interesting, yeah. It's it's yeah. such an interesting way to be. I mean, just so. I mean, you and I, you and I have never met before. I mean, I've worked a couple Sparta shows um, in between touring. I worked security at a venue here in Portland, and uh, you guys played probably three times. Um, but I don't think we've ever met. But so I all all my my information and views and 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 perception of you is from different you know media I've seen, music you've put out. Um, and the one thing when I was when I was originally reaching out for this 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 conversation was you just seem like such a genuine person and very, uh, you know, you know, it seems like, you know who you are and you'll stick, stick to your guns, but you're also a very, very humble, um, uh, thoughtful person. And that struck me as so interesting because of the world that you're in, as far as being in somewhere where people do, like you're saying, we'll sit in a boardroom and kind of like trade people and and bands. It's such a weird, uh, weird 
place to be in when you you are a person that is so thoughtful and and you know in it for the right reasons and and you're not about any of that but you live in that and exist in that world that that part well, fascinates me first off thanks for the nice words because that that it's it means the world to hear that from people that that don't know me or aren't just vouching for me because we're friends like it's nice to hear from somebody that doesn't know me that that's the way i've come across and I think that the biggest thing I can attribute any of that to is having a really good partner um, who I've been with since I was 20. So she and I have been together like 23 years. Wow. Um, and that's somebody who went on all of these wild rides with me. So I met her. I wasn't in the driving for about six months in 1996 into 97, mm-hmm. um, which is you're young and figuring it out. And like, you know, you, you quit in a fit of tantrum and then, you get asked back and it's then you keep making records and it's great. But in that I met her um, and it's somebody who doesn't care at all about success or at all about uh, who I am or what I've done or how important or not important or whatever. Like that, that has, it's been nice to have somebody who that doesn't mean anything. So like we didn't move to LA. It doesn't matter if who we know, like our friendships within the world of rock and roll are really genuine and have lasted 20 years. And some of our friends are in huge bands and some of our friends are crew for very small bands. Like we just have a wide range of friends that um, we've sort of met over the years and, and been around. And I think when you surround yourself with people like that, it's like, I can't take all the credit for being that person. Like I'm that person by the product of being around these people. So having somebody around me, that's like, sure, you could do that tour or you could do that record or you could be in that band, but, is it important? And like, why are you doing it? And then furthermore, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you're not, you're not all that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so sort of having that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top, it's just, I am, that is genuinely how I feel about things. Like I would rather just hang out and have fun, whatever. It's like, I'm, I've always said this since basically since relationship, like I'm as unfamous as I am, I'm more famous than I would like to be. So it's not, this is not my driving factor for being in a band. Yeah. So the driving factor for me is writing songs and it always has been, I can't imagine that changing. So what I really like to do is write songs. And then the stuff that goes with writing songs is also fun. Like I like performing. I'm not, I don't like it enough to practice all the time and be super perfect at it, which is like, I'm notorious for forgetting lyrics. Cause I just, it's not that important to me <laughs> to be, like I like the creation part of all of this. That's sure. the funnest part to me. And I like the social aspect. So touring is fun because you get to see your friends and you get to do stuff and performance great, but it's just never been like, how do I get to the next level? Or like, I got to be at this, we got to sell this many records or we have to do this, which is why I think for the vast majority of my career, I, there was people around me who did care about that stuff. So I didn't, I didn't even have to think about it. I didn't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how much we signed for to, I couldn't even tell you like what, what we were paid, how much we spent on record. Like it just in a point of just making the point that I didn't care. I didn't pay attention to it. And which, you know, in hindsight was really stupid. And I really could have made my life better had I paid attention more to that and probably made the people around me less stressed mm-hmm. if I had paid attention to that. Um, but it was, you know, you learn, you grow up and now I run, um, you know, my wife and I run businesses in El Paso and I have a whole different respect and sort of perspective for the business side of these things. And, and that really came into play 
when we toured last year. Like it was like, how do we do this in a way that's fun Mm -hmm. that people are paid as well as we can be paid and we don't charge ridiculous amounts for tickets. And you know, how, how does this make sense? Like both financially and emotionally and all of the things, how do we, how do we do this the best way? And what I found is that at the end of last year or at the end of actually not 19, but 18, we toured in 18 at the end of 18, I was the happiest I've ever been at the end of any amount of touring. And so it just sort of, Going into 2019, I knew I wanted to record. I did it on the pace that made sense for me. I, I gave everybody an out. Like, this is this is what's comfortable for me. If it's not comfortable for you, just speak up. Like, there's no perception. There's no, like, predetermined outcome of this at all. I just want everyone to do what's good for them. Mm-hmm. And if we put that on the table, all of a sudden it changed. Everybody's suddenly calmer. And it's like, I don't need... You know, Matt works in L.A. He lives in L.A. and he works in L.A. And he's really the only other member of Sparta. So I said, you tell me what's comfortable for you. You want to take a few days off and fly to El Paso and record? Like, we'll do that. You want to do it via email for a while? We'll do that. You know, it's it's no big deal. Yeah. And he's he's a super chill guy. So, it's, you know, it was easy, easy things to sort of navigate that once you kind of take out the. I mean, you know what it's like to be in a band. It's really hard to keep four people happy five people happy and then once you start adding wives and kids and mm-hmm. houses it it gets like it gets so hard um and really i'm i've i've seen the shittiest version of that like yeah. when you just can't i can't fit into something anymore as much as i want to mm-hmm. it doesn't matter um it's just too it's too difficult if if not everybody has the same desired outcome and my only outcome is quality of life is the only thing I care about. That, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, that shows too. I mean, it shows in the way you, I mean, making the, when you were talking about, you know, that hard decision to leave fearless, um, I mean, and how, how difficult it was. I mean, that's a, even, even mentioning that that was a difficult experience shows me, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's what a lot of it was, 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 was opportunity is what won over, right? As far as, as getting the music out to as many people as possible, it wasn't probably money or anything else. Like you said, you don't no, pay attention we, to that stuff. It was, we want to get this out as much yeah. as we can. Yeah. We purposely did not take the biggest offer. I mean, like our heroes were the, you know, the, you know, the stories of Nirvana signing. Like one reason we went where we went was because they were the people that signed and managed Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And, their stories were like, yeah, they would basically drive us nuts by having to follow all of these rules that come from your community. And, and that, that appealed to me as hard as it was like going somewhere where they basically understood they had taken a band from the underground and made them, you know, literally the biggest band in the world. Yeah. At least they, and I'm not saying they, (laughs) I'm not a mind reader. I don't know if they really believe this or they really respected it or not, but I'll tell you my perception at, at, you know, I was like 22 at the time. My perception is like, these people care. And that's where I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. and we all wanted to go where people cared. It wasn't like, nobody was like, I need the most money. Again, this is one of those things where you go from making probably $300 a month to $500 a month. Mm-hmm. Like that was the jump in our income. So we toured all the time and that's what we lived on was yeah. pennies. Yeah, dude. So then you go to this label, and and yes, they're spending more on marketing and things that you never see. Um, 
but essentially my life didn't really change yeah it makes sense i dude i yeah it's it's I don't think people understand what it what it used to take as far as I mean we were on three dollars a day that was our yeah. that was our food and we would make a McDonald and we would make a McDonald's value menu into a gourmet meal or <laughs> a taco bell I mean oh we can get three bean burritos today cool like yeah and we were excited <laughs> about it and we were yeah. stoked because that night we got to do what we love to do in a different part of the world and it's I mean yep. it's just addictive. And it clouds your mind because you're you're living in squalor, and you don't care. Like you're doing what you want to do. It's so crazy. But like the the uh, I mean, and and cheers to your to your wife. I mean, you guys being together that long is a is a is a victory in itself, especially in yeah. today's world. Um, it is. But the fact that you, I mean, it seems like you help each other quite a bit and and balance each other out and and. And, uh, oh, it's probably probably not quite fair for sure. <laughs> I definitely have the better end of this dick. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. <laughs> I mean, so and the way you, the way you talk about you know being being the liking the 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 creation part of music. I mean, that's that's uh, paramount right there because that way that way you're never going to be clouded with the other stuff because you you're you're in it for a pure reason and and the part you like most is the most magical part i mean yeah it's the best thing i mean you're like when you go in a room with people yeah yeah it comes from you know i mean obviously there's seeds that are planted throughout your life but essentially you get to sit down and make believe what you want like i I heard this great thing from josh from queens where he's saying i'm i make records that i want to hear so like why would i not want to listen to yeah like i'm creating something that doesn't exist that i want to hear and that's kind of that for me on this on the new record that we that we just finished is what makes the most sense is that this is the first time i've been um i'm not not even saying like domineering or controlling or whatever i just i told matt like i wrote a bunch of songs like if you wrote some stuff send it to me we'll go from there we'll work it out in the studio but i'm not gonna go sit in a room and write with everybody and have everybody's input and like I've done that so many times I want to try just writing a song taking it to the studio showing it to whoever's in the studio mm-hmm. and then going from there and it was a totally different process for me and we ended up recording the record in three days which is I mean, we went to Sonic Ranch to do bass and drums and we finished basically 99% of the record I did all the vocals all the lyrics everything was totally done even though a lot of stuff was written but it was completed on the on the third day that's insane which I, it is insane it's super it sounds insane. Never... really good like it, and you think it's <laughs> that's how clouded my mind is i guess is that i'm shocked that it took three days because bands used to do that and, right so we, we recorded it live yeah and there's a there's a song on on the new record called miracle which which i love behind... i love that song i think i texted so you about the, it i love it that's the third take that you hear and it was written that that was the third time we played it as we you know as we basically wrote it yeah so Cully was like we we're trying to we were trying to finish a song that i had written that i could never get a melody to and and the reason it's called miracle is actually because um i sent it to one of my friends in another band and he basically was like if you write a melody to this it'd be a miracle because <laughs> i don't like essentially saying this is a terrible riff right uh-huh. yeah in a nice and we're, way. <laughs> we've been friends a long time, so I'm cool with it. But I was like, yeah, it's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I'm sending it to you because, like, do you have any inspiration on this? And he's like, fuck no, that's a terrible song. 
<laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> so when we got to the studio, um, you know, Coley, who's playing drums on the record, mm-hmm. was like, well, this is this is kind of like the beat I was thinking maybe we could try on there to mix it up. And he started playing it, and I just basically wrote the whole song while he was playing that riff. Like, just started with, I mean, while he was playing that beat, I just basically wrote the whole song. And we went through it like twice, and what you hear is the third take. That's and, crazy. And we basically was we're asking David who produced it, like, what do you think? And he's like, I honestly think you should just come in and listen to it. And we went and listened to the third take. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm good with this. This is fine. Yeah. And don't overthink it. Like, does it feel good right now? Cool. That's then we're good. Yeah. That's all a record is, is capturing a moment in time pretty much. Especially yeah. once you've made your first album, everything else is just capturing a moment in time. Everything. Your first album is everything culminating up to that point. Right. But then after that, it's like, okay, we've shown who we are, and now, boom. Like, the, that's the weirdest thing. To, yeah, the whole thing with the sophomore, or what is it, the sophomore curse or whatever. the Sophomore slump. Sophomore slump, yeah. But, yeah, well, you've had your whole life to, to define and create who you are. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then immediately you're supposed to, you know, go on tour and then write a new record in a month and then go on tour again and... Yeah, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's such a refreshing way to do it, too. I mean, so is your wife a musician, too? No. Okay, no, so. No, but she has, she has a killer ear. So she should be, honestly, she should be like a music director. That's what, that's, like, yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm getting at. Which is also nice to have, because I can play her something, and, and I trust her opinion, which is, there's no, it's, it's almost kind of like a pure thing, because she hears it and can bounce back to me what she hears, instead of being, Done, or like what you should do she's just like eh or like honestly you know that's a modest mouse song <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like what no it's not and then you listen and you're like oh shit, that is absolutely yeah, a right. modest mouse song yeah <laughs> so that i mean that's nice to have and and also like i do i respect her opinion because there's no bullshit you yeah. know yeah there's no like uh no ulterior motives at all it's just pure yeah. That's such and a it's good. valuable it makes, resource it, right there. It is. And it also makes you have thick skin and good perspective. And I had, a, you know, I was on my, like the label PR department call, all the stuff that you have to do before a record comes out. I was on the call today and they were essentially telling me that the photo I sent in for the press photos is not good. And they were trying really hard, to, I think, to not hurt my feelings. And <laughs> at one point I was like, it looked, I mean, this is, you know, my first record with this label and my first mm-hmm. record with this PR people, of course, because I only make one record per label. And yes. I was like, <laughs> you're here to tank I was them. Like, so you... <laughs> yeah, you guys will be out of business in six months. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. No, I was just like, look, guys, I've, I've been doing this a long time. I have thick skin and I'm not like if I'm going to fight you on something like you'll know it as soon as like I'll fight you. If this I'm not trying to make your life hard. Yeah. So this isn't like I'm not a prima donna. If this picture is going to give you anxiety. I'm cool. Like I'll take a different picture. I just hate taking pictures. Like I don't like reading about myself. I don't like, you know, I'm not going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) No offense, but I was there already. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't read, I don't read reviews. I don't like, I try not to do any of that stuff. Um, so if that makes their life easier, like sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all in this together. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't care if there's brown M&Ms. I'm good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just tell me, just tell me how it is. We'll go from there. (laughs) So they're like, okay, well we just don't want to. And I'm like, dude, it's all good. Like, yeah. 
I'm cool. Don't worry. <laughs> You're talking to Jim the Closer Ward here. <laughs> <laughs> I would start looking for another job, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That that's hilarious. So like the the God trying to you how long do you think they sat on that before they they brought that to you where they're like oh, we got to tell them we don't like this picture like how funny is that i understand yeah, well, you know, I like definitely... them to take pictures like i it's the weirdest like you got to have this you got to have this all these things in a row to put out music it's so weird and it, and it is and then the 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 sort of either hypocrisy or juxtaposition of the whole thing is like, I love looking at rock and roll pictures. Like I love books of, mm -hmm. of bands and crowds and tours and semis and fans and whatever. Like I love that stuff. Yeah. I just, uh, and I love reading books about rock and roll. I love reading magazines about, like, I love all that stuff. I just don't, it's hard for me to include myself in that. So sure. when, you know, I was I was Carlos from Chicano Batman plays on one of the songs on the mm -hmm. record, and he had played Chicano Batman's played the club that we had here like three or four times, and it's been such a joy to watch them grow because mm -hmm. you know it's a, they come the first time and there's ten people and then the next time there's fifty and then two hundred and then five hundred, and it, you get to see one of those bands growing organically and it's a joy and they're such sweet guys, good band like. But I kind of hit it off with Carlos and we swapped numbers and have kept in touch. And he played on this record. And, and I had one of the most surreal moments of my life with him because we were hanging out at, at the club. Um, and he's like, yeah, this is weird, man. Like, I had a poster of you on my wall when I was a kid, like from guitar <laughs> player or whatever. And I was like, OK, now this is the weirdest moment of my life because that that doesn't exist to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's like, he's like talking about a, a parallel universe where. I'm in magazines and people put those like it doesn't occur to me that that exists. Yeah. It was super. It was funny. And I was like, well, I'm going to put a poster of you up now because that's the only <laughs> fair trade. Yeah. But instead, I had him play on a song and it's it's great. Well, what you need to do now is get a poster sized picture copy of that picture you sent the label and give that to him to put up in this room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's I'm sure he's grown out of it. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. I, so I like I'm, the, I'm trying to think back the first time that I heard your music was with, with at the drive. And it was, we were driving back in Alaska. So we're from Alaska. We were, we were driving back from some remote town playing a show and a buddy of our, we were riding in the back of his truck. It was freezing cold winter time. We were riding in the back of the truck cause we didn't have a ride back. And he, his cab was full of people. And so we're freezing cold. And he had in casino out playing on his, his, in his truck and uh, was telling us, he was telling us about this band at the drive-in. And I was like, he's like, have you heard these guys? Like, no, because they were from Anchorage and we were from Wasilla. So, like, Wasilla is the little town and Anchorage is the main town. So, yeah, all those kids in Anchorage got things, of course, a year late from everywhere else in the world, but also yeah. six months before we did. So, right. he was always telling us about it. So, and I was listening to it then in the truck. And of course, it was skewed because I was listening to it in the back of a truck with a window open, uh, if you can imagine, in an Alaskan winter in the middle of the night, <laughs> driving back through this random stuff. And, it hit me. I was like, man, this is really good. And then relationship came out and I ended up buying that at a Fred Meyer. Uh, Fred Meyer is like a, <laughs> you probably know Fred Meyer. It's, it's yeah. in like the Northwest. Um, yeah, yeah. Same, same place I bought the Refuse record, Shape Punk to Come, at a Fred Meyer. And I was like, wow, these guys have gotten pretty big. They're in Fred Meyer. Holy shit. And then, uh, yeah, that's when I heard relationship. And then it was like, wow, okay, now I really get what's going on. And then from then on, it was just, you know, follow the follow the road. But that's the first time 
first time I heard it, you know, in, in, and that's my, my way of getting into what you were doing. And then who, who knew we would eventually sign to fearless and, you know, whatever else. And, uh, I think you and I think you and Johnny from Portugal have met each other. Um, I think he mentioned something about. I told him I was going to be talking to you, and he, he mentioned you guys had met up in maybe in El Paso, in El Paso. or something. Um, yeah, but yeah, so it like, was like one of my favorite um, my favorite backstage moments. Really, Hang, hanging out with them because it was like okay, well, because they're friends with a friend of ours here, actually the guy who engineered the record, Manny. Oh, okay, and mixed it, and um, and so we the Chimanas were opening. So we went down to say Hey to them and then met, um, I think like the tour manager came out and got me and me and Christine went in and, um, you know, I'm trying to be respectful of bands backstage or whatever. So I was like, well, I'll give you guys time to like get, get your heads together or whatever, you know, like you're, and they're like, Oh, we don't give a fuck. Like (laughs) you can, you can hang out right here until the minute we go on. You can hang out here while we're playing. We don't really care. And I was like, Oh man, this is like, guys cut from the same cloth and then yeah. went great show super good to see them play and then we went to uh went to a bar afterwards and, and just hung out and um talked and it was awesome had a really good time man you guys should write songs together that would be awesome. i would love to I, yeah we've talked about it but good would, you guys keep would, in touch I would then? Love to. yeah a little bit oh good yeah okay i was gonna say yeah, i put you guys in touch if you didn't so yeah. um that would be fantastic i think you guys would would click really well but uh yeah, I mean, so like what you've done is, I mean, you've influenced, I mean, all the way up from our first bands together to then, you know, became Portugal the Man. And, and, uh, I mean, the influence is huge. And that's something where I'm sure you've, you've heard that, you know, plenty of times, whether you, you know, accept it or not, uh, have yeah, heard no, it, I'm, you know, I'm, like, yeah, respectful of it for sure. I don't, I never, you know, it's one of the things like when you're somewhere and somebody has an opportunity, to meet you or take a picture or sign something or whatever. I, I try to always imagine that that's, that's the one moment that this is going to happen. And I, and I want that to be a good moment for, for the person. So like, I never downplay, you know, like I'm grateful that people have kind words to say. I'm grateful that um, things I've been a part of have influenced people or, or been good in their life. Like I'm, I'm definitely respectful of it. Like whether it's weird or not to me is inconsequential, right? Yeah. Cause it's, it's their moment, not mine. Well, that's a that's a very interesting take on it too. I mean, that's something where, you know, other people have said, you know, like, um, well, you know, I may, may maybe I'm having a bad day, like apologizing for times they maybe were short with somebody or something. Like, all they <laughs> want to do is you know, get to yeah. the catering, you know, because they're starving. And like, I yeah. literally either just got off stage or I'm going on stage in ten minutes. Let me eat this bagel real quick, you know, yeah. instead of taking a picture or coming up in the middle of dinner and being like, hey, can I get a picture? Like, just let me finish dinner. You know, like yeah, people have different takes on everything, but that's, I mean, your, your view on things is very refreshing, I guess is what I'm getting at because, you know, it, genuine people are hard to find nowadays, you know what I mean? And that's sure. the thing, like not listening to this podcast of your, you know, your own episode, of course, and like that's, that's also right. Cause some people will listen to it and say, Hey, Oh, can we take this part out? Can we take this part out? You know, so then I know they listen to it, and that's also kind of yeah. weird to me that really you spent an, you know you, an hour listening to yourself talk. You know, uh, I'll I'll go back through episodes and or you know or when I put an episode out, I'll I'll click it on iTunes just to make sure everything came through, like the volume yeah, and stuff. But then I shut it off, and it's mainly yeah. more for my kids to listen to later. You know, or or the, of oh, course the, awesome. the yeah. listenership, of course. But uh, you know, inevitably, it's it's documentation. You know, it's a journal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but no, it makes sense. And I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate being, being a part. I mean, you're including me into a community that I'm not otherwise a part of. And I appreciate that. Well, um, and I hope, I hope that people listen to this and maybe are, are able to go and check out, you know, records I've made that they didn't know about her or, or, uh, check out the new, re- I really hope people check out the new record because it's, um, I'm really proud of it. Dude, I hope it's, it, I hope- it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> like I was so stoked. Um, you know, we've, if so a buddy of mine, um, Aaron edge, he, he, he's been on the show before too. And he's always a huge Sparta fan. And, uh, I had mentioned, uh, you know, I was gonna be talking to you and he's just like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. He's like, he's still blown away. He's still blown away by people that I've had on the show because it's, which is also funny because it's, you I mean you, it, the size, the thing with podcasting too, and I'll tell you this cause you've not been on one. It really doesn't matter the and to say it this way is kind of crass i guess but like the size of the guest like if if there's like a multi-platinum uh you know you know music legend or whatever comes on the show or someone that's never done a podcast before or someone you know like it's it's it doesn't matter as long as who's listening to the show likes the show it's really weird like the numbers don't fluctuate as much as you'd think it's a really strange like wild west kind of thing so it reminds he, me of fanzines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like that's, a, that's the great part of fanzines is that there was no marketing department telling you who you could or couldn't interview. So like if, if Fugazi came through town and, and you got to talk to one of those dudes and you put it in your fanzine and then right next to that would be a band that had played three shows that had broken up before you actually printed it. Then it's like this level playing field of, um, yeah, just who, who you got to talk to. Yeah. And that's that's the way I was kind of uh, it's kind of what podcasts remind me of. I'm just getting into the world of podcasts. Oh man! Like a, as of like a month ago, I have never really listened to them. And dude. Matt Miller is loves podcasts, so dude, he's he tried to get me into them. It took me a while. Dude, you you want something funny? So you mentioned Fugazi. Yeah, I, I've had three of the four members of Fugazi on this show, and <laughs> uh, they've all introduced me to the next one. So like, oh, that's awesome. it's like, yeah. And so I had Ian and then inter- intro to Brendan and then intro to Joe. And I haven't had Guy oh, on, awesome. of course, but, um, the only people whenever I so I used to ask like people's influences and stuff. I don't anymore, but, but I used to be really interested on who influenced who. And every yeah. guest I've had has said Fugazi except Fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to say bad brains. Yeah. Right. Yeah, bad brains, the cramps, like, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's hilarious because I would just oh, like, man. no, dude, just yeah, say Fugazi. But yeah, it's it's weird that I was thinking about this because um, they just announced the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions, which I think is kind of a load of shit. Uh-huh. Personally, like, I rack it up with like award shows and all that stuff is not not my world, yeah. obviously. Um, but also, I've never been invited or nominated, so you know, it's one of those things like. Who knows how your opinion would be if you actually had to go to those things, but I've never had to, and I can't imagine that I'd want to, but either way they announced and like, you know, Nine Inch Nails, I think is on it this year, uh-huh. which I think is, is great. I mean, that's a great band. They've influenced the world, blah, blah, blah. Like you're never going to see Fugazi on there. And I bet you Fugazi has influenced more bands than maybe I can't imagine another band that's more influential, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And they've sold millions of records. Oh, it's crazy. Like millions of records yeah. on their own. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so fucking nuts. Yeah, no, it's, millions. it's insane. I've always been like one, sort of like one step away from, like we've we played with them a couple of times. Um, 
I think we played with them more than once. We definitely played with them once in Des Moines when we were on tour and, and have met them, you know, multiple times. Yeah. But I'm, I can't, I can't cross the line of like, uh, like I can't be normal. It's, imp- it's impossible <laughs> for, it's impossible for me to, to even really talk to them, which is, it has to be annoying. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I try to just avoid it, to be honest with you. Really? Oh, yeah, man. because I can't. I can't. I can't. Just can't you know what I mean? It. Like it's a, it's a weird thing, and it's nothing on them. It's just like, for some reason, I just turn into this like, like tight-lipped, like sweaty teenage kid. I just like, yep. oh god. Hello, sir. Um... Yeah, and I've and we have like loads of mutual friends. So yeah. it's not like, and I don't know. I, I can't. It's just one of the most important. And it's not just a band, it's it's the ethics and it's the sort of everything about that scene for uh-huh. me was huge. I mean, I do the same thing with Jay Robbins. Like I you know, when I talk to Jay Robbins on the phone, um, and it's every time I do, I'm like, This is so weird. <laughs> like <laughs> this is so weird. And I tell him, like, this is so weird that I'm talking to you and he's like, I don't understand why you say that. And I'm like, Of course you don't. Yeah. Because you're Jay Robbins, but you know. His harmony on Jaded Eyes on that government issue is is like perfect. Yeah. There's just so many like little perfect things that you have in your that you've grown up and listened to and have changed who you are or influenced who you are and then you're in a room and you're like, ah, I don't have anything like I'm not gonna say anything important at all. Sure. That's funny you mentioned that because this is like I get a lot of so like basically this whole show is is just like a it's a conversational show, right? Like it's not like a question 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 yeah. so which i i adore because i i that's my whole goal is to take you know someone especially like so like I'll, i can say it you're one of my musical heroes right and that's and i and i say that casually but it's it's true but at the same time you and i are just talking like it, yep. that's what's so cool about it is i get emails all the time from people that say i could never do that i could not yeah. that's why it's funny you say that i could never talk to this person on the phone and have anything to say except for uh, 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 you know like or you know just choking up because holy shit you know and yeah. it, that's why I, I kind of act as a conduit for people that can't you know it yeah. kind of feels like well, that's you, my and, mission <laughs> if that makes sense very, there's a difference like you have this ability to do this like this is an enjoyable conversation like you don't you're not you're you're good at what you do so you should definitely take that credit whereas I don't know that everybody is is built to have conversations with with people that they admire or whatever. And I and I would hope that I would hope that now, if I casually saw any of the guys from Fugazi, that I would be a little <laughs> bit different because this is also when I'm like in my twenties and you know I definitely have not seen them in a very long time. But yeah, so maybe it'd be different now that I have sort of life under my belt a little bit more. But I guess it's one of those things where you just want to. I guess you want to keep your. Um, idea of what all of that is kind of sacred in a way sure like the the never meet your heroes kind of thing or don't meet your heroes adage yeah. that people say that was something i did want to ask you is is if you know and of course you've mentioned fugazi playing with fugazi and meeting some of your yeah. but are there some other heroes you've met that that you've either had a good or bad experience with or do you kind of when you do that aside from from jay robbins what you're saying like do you just kind of lock up and kind of like shy away no and i think that was that's sort of an exceptional case those days because I have had um, a couple of run-ins with Bono that have been really great. And I mean, at, at sort of crucial points in my life, I've had these moments with him, like private personal moments that sort of defy 
reason. Like I wasn't there because I'm famous. I wasn't at a party. It was just like we happen to be in the same spot, whatever. And they were they've been pretty, pretty massive. And it's one of the, it's one of those things where you you realize pretty quickly like that band is that big and has made records that are that great because the people in the band are are that uh, whatever gift you're given they got triple dose of it or whatever it is i don't know but the fact it's that it's hard to explain right it's just like being around somebody there's an energy um and there's sort of a um the first time i met him was it at the at the brits which is like the grammys of england right uh-huh it was at the brits with um with some friends like and it was like right before at the drive-in stopped the first time and we had canceled the european tour and um I was just trying to get my shit together before I flew home because I was about to get married and our world was kind of in chaos. And and um, honestly, I just was with my friend and drank way too much to have the guts to go up to Bono and be like, hey, I know you've name checked my band on MTV and I'm, I'm kind of losing it. Can I talk to you for five minutes? And he's like, absolutely. And he took me to a corner and, and I told him, you know, I'm having a hard time understanding. I'm having a hard time in the transition, you know, from from where we came from to what's happening now. And all of this is, is it's scaring me and I don't know how to deal with it. And it's freaking me out. And, you know, the first thing he said is I'm going to be really bummed out if you quit. So like, just hang in there. And he's like, it was the same way for us. Like, you know, going from five people to 500 people is, is one thing. And then to 5,000 people is totally different. And it changes. And I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but basically he's saying like, look, we all go through this. You're not alone. Um, hang in there. You're going to be all right kind of one of those kind of conversations just like a a big brother sort of giving you a pep talk and he's like i i think that you are making good stuff and i hope that you figure it out which we didn't but it was nice it was a nice conversation yeah and then i didn't see him for like 16 or 17 years and my friend was working one of my friends was working on their management and so christine and i went to dallas to see the show and i don't know if my friend told him I was coming or how it came up or maybe like, Oh yeah, I have a buddy who whatever, but he, he remembered that and then asked him to bring me in early um, to, to catch up for like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is who does that? Yeah. Like a pretty inconsequential guy. I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of music, like I'm sure there were crazy famous people at the Dallas show or whatever. And, and he was, yeah, he asked his friend, like, can you have him here at seven? So we went at seven and, and got to catch him. Christine got to meet him and the edge came in and, you know, I have all these weird experiences with those, with those guys. And, yeah. But yeah, so things like that, it was totally normal. Yeah. Um, and it's not like that hasn't been as, I mean, probably as influential as anything else musically, but he just makes you feel really good about it's crazy, yeah. you know? And that's honestly, like, I hope that I get to be that guy to somebody. I hope that when people meet me that they walk away feeling good. And that would be my only, that would be my only hope. You to just, get out of you it. just did. <laughs> You're doing that right now. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like it's, it's so refreshing. Like it's just, it's, it's awesome. Do you know Jonah, Jonah Matranga? I don't No. Okay. You know of him though? Yeah, of course. From far, okay. So this is the second really rad U2 story I've had in two days. Cause I talked <laughs> to him yesterday on the show uh-huh. and he had the same, like a similar experience where a friend of his uh when they were back in high school 
that they were selling tickets and they were going on sale like a Thursday or something. Um, and the friend was like, we're gonna have to skip school to stand in line and get tickets. So oh, I miss he, those days. he wrote the management somehow <laughs> and told them like, Hey, you should not do this on a weekday because kids are going to skip school to do this. That's uh, so awesome. and the management wrote him back and we're like, Hey, you know, uh, you're right. We're not going to do that anymore. Uh, here's some tickets and passes. And they went with backstage passes and ran That's into insane. Bono came in and was like, Hey, which one of you guys is so-and-so? <laughs> and the the kid's like me. And he's like, you're the one that's been beating up on our management and oh totally God. like brought them into the fold and yeah, hung out amazing. and remembered them. And like the next time they saw each, it's crazy. It's a weird story. Yeah. But the, but that's the, the kind of person that he is, right? That's, yeah. That's, he spends his mental and emotional capacity on doing that yeah. and that's exceptional that's like beyond exceptional dude and so the other thing i can say about the management responding that way is you can, and i've said this for years you can meet one person from a band's crew and know exactly what those guys are like yeah so if if you meet um if you meet a, a drum tech or a backline tech and they're not very pleasant to be around i can pretty much guarantee you the band is not pleasant to be around sure. and i'd say with like 95 percent authority that that's that's the way it is. And the reason their management gives a shit is because they give a shit Yeah. because they surround themselves with people who care. And that's, that's to me the most crucial thing. And I don't know why you wouldn't do that, but I assume people that have their head in a different place, that's not a priority. So, you know, teach their own, but yeah, I can guarantee that's why the management responded that way. So it's so, <laughs> it's so funny that just in two days, two awesome YouTube, I've had zero yeah. YouTube stories. <laughs> and then the last two days, one after the other, but it, like amazing stuff. Like how many people, I mean, you said when we first got on the phone, you don't do this a lot. Like the, the interview stuff or the, you know, like the, the press kind of stuff. Imagine how many people they have to talk to for 10, 15 minutes at a time and yeah. then forget yeah. and then forget and then forget, you know? Yeah. It's insane. But to be able to recall that, why is it, why is, is that kind of fall in line with your, with, with the rest of everything Why you don't do this very often? Like. That's. I remember seeing something. I don't, where did I see this? You mentioned something like I'm not going to do any more interviews. Like I'm just kind of done with it. Yeah. Was that? I get. Am I dreaming that? It's brutal. It's brutally hard on my, um, on whatever it is. I don't know what the right word is to not make it dramatic. It's just something like this I enjoy. And so basically, I said I'll do, I'll do, um. X amount of podcasts for this. And again, I'm not trying to make the people around me's life hard. Yeah. So I get that there's things that need to be done. But my thing is like, um, there's a lot for my career and my history and the things that I have talked about and the things that I don't talk about, there's a tremendous amount of baiting that happens when I do an interview. And so there's ever since um, the band stopped in 2001. Uh -huh. So for the last like 19 years, there's basically a question waiting for the end of the interview and it's sort of compounded because things have turned on and off and there's weird stuff or whatever. Um, but because those things have happened, I just can't, I, it's not fun for me to do it. Yeah. Like it's not a conversation. Most of the time I know what's coming and I'm waiting for them to sort of know that when they ask that it's going to be over. So they, it's like the last question and I'm always just have to look at them like, really? Like we, we could have just had a nice conversation. <laughs> you think you're the one that's going to get me to talk about this? I've never talked about it in the press, not yeah. in 19 years. Yep. So I've been, I've been, you know, 
I was raised in a way that if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. So what I talk about is the stuff that I love from those days. Mm-hmm. Of course there's bad stuff. Of course there's bad feelings. Of course, like like anybody, any relationship. But I don't need to air that. That's not me. I, other people can do whatever they want, but that's not me. Sure. So essentially, like going into an interview, and because written interviews are, are it's it's tougher because you don't you don't have a conversation and that's what's printed. You have a conversation and then they take 13 seconds of it and then the rest is about how annoying somebody in the room was or whatever like whatever spin they put on it to sell their story to the magazine or whatever it is. And, and I have great respect for journalists. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. My problem is I'm, I'm not a great uh, subject to interview. Like it's, I, I'm not huge about talking about myself. I'm not like I don't have my points down as to what's going to sell the record and whatever. Like I'm not good at that stuff and, and I have no desire to do it. So therefore interviews become pretty painful for me. Yeah. So I kind of like, look, I just want to, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be Tom Waits. Like that, that guy seems cool. I want to, I want to model my interviews after him. Like he, he doesn't do them yeah. <laughs> and he's mysterious. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like I'm not a mysterious guy, but I cannot do interviews and maybe that would add some history. But I do. And that's the other thing is, again, like the hypocrisy or the juxtaposition of it is like, I like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I like doing this stuff. Like, you know, I blocked out an hour to have this conversation and I'm enjoying it. Like I'm not waiting for it to end. I'm not getting my tour manager to come in and cut it off. Like <laughs> this is cool. It's, it's good. And so like, I basically have told the PR, like I'll do podcasts and I'll do radio. Yeah. Like, but we, and we can do like one or two print articles with a writer that you trust that at the end of that interview, I'm not going to call you and tell you why Yeah. do another interview for the rest of my life. Yeah. And they get it. I mean, they're, they're, they're big time people. They know what they're doing. Sure. And I, and I, and I've made it really clear to them that it's not, it's not like a diva thing and it's not like I'm too important. It's just, um, it's not a good fit for me. And, and they're super understanding of it. Sure. And they're very, very, you know, it kind of makes their life easier in a weird way. Oh, absolutely. Who? What firm are you working with? Uh, Grandstand. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, so the, the, and the I know exactly what question you're probably talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's not – that's the thing. The, with podcast podcasts can be guilty of it too is trying to get that, you know, uh, what is it, pitchfork or blabbermouth uh, soundbite where on the yeah. whatever podcast so-and-so said this – that's happened to me one time, and it's because uh, JP from from uh, Dead Cross had mentioned the release date of the record that was coming out and didn't know he wasn't supposed to say it, and I didn't oh, either, yeah. so it came out, and then everyone jumped on it. And I was yeah. almost embarrassed because like that is not what this whole thing is about. I don't have – like when you called me earlier, I was at work. Like I, yeah. I was at work. I don't – do this for money like i do it because i love it and i love talking to people and i love like what we're doing right now yeah i don't and you can easily see if you're prepping for an interview hmm this has never been talked about i wonder if he's going to talk about it no and i think and the funny thing is i i will talk about this stuff with fans like i'm not like i've had more like when people come up in 2018 and are like why are you not doing this i'm like i'll tell you the story like it's not a secret. It's just I don't want to do it. Sure, in, on a recorded in, thing. <laughs> yeah, in public, like it's not. It's 
Yes. If you want to come up and ask me, which I mean, now I'm probably setting myself up for people coming up and asking me, but well, there you go. <laughs> if, <laughs> I can cut that out. But at the same want. time, like, no, no. But when, when people, when somebody comes to your show and they see you again, it goes to the sort of moments and, and I'm, I've been doing again, it's like heckling a band. Like, don't be that guy because we deal with this every day. Yeah. So like, if you're going to heckle me, be prepared because I'm super good at this. Like I've been doing this since I was fucking 12. Right. Yeah. So I got, I got 30 years under my belt of being up here with a microphone and you got how many bands have you heckled? You know, it's like, it's, it's not a good thing and you're not going to win. Yeah. So I kind of have the same feeling if somebody comes and, you know, of course there's been experiences in my life where people come up and fuck with me at a bar or whatever. And when they do, it's again, I'm, I'm good enough at de-escalating it or changing the subject or moving along that it's not a problem. So yeah. I, I just think if, if people come up and ask you respectfully, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of bands too. I want to know kind of like what happened? Well, this is what happened. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. It doesn't like change it, the, anyone's world. <laughs> yeah. In the grand scheme of things, like there's way bigger issues in the world mm-hmm. that we should be worrying about. Not that, not that it's insignificant that people care, but once you hear the answer, it kind of, you're like, Oh shit, that's, you know, bands are really not that big a deal. Yeah. Like every, all of this stuff is really not that big a deal. Like it's okay. This is part of life. Sure. Sure. And I've, I mean, I've, I know enough of, uh, the other side of, of things and from, from people, you know, mutual friends and, and stuff of the band to, I mean, that nothing like that is, is necessarily secret, like you're saying. And I've, I've no. I, I know, how some people are and i know like in just being you know uh around that yeah of course there's no need yeah. to you know and no nope, but nope, that's funny that you shocked. know it's coming <laughs> like you just know yeah. and then all right that's it <laughs> pull the plug yeah but yep there we go that makes sense but yeah it's, i mean there's there's a lot of other stuff happening in life that is more fun to talk about than well sure uh you know i mean nobody wants to sit around and talk about the girl that broke their heart or that they broke their heart or the relationship that didn't work out like it's not fun yeah you, you want to talk about what's good and and positive and exciting and sure. you know and that's why we don't talk a ton about like the recording process and blah 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 because it's uh if people want to hear what you do they either already know or they can go and listen to it right now you know yeah. but if people want to hear jim ward just having a conversation they're in the right spot you know you got it and it makes you a real person. It makes you to, to them. I mean, I'm, you know, you're a very real person, but it makes you um, accessible to to people that may not know a lot about your, your, you know, when you talk to someone for an hour, you get a lot more of a sense of who they are than for sure. The Fifteen minutes of them asking how the tour is going, and uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a cool thing, and this, so I think you're really going to enjoy doing podcasts if you pick the right ones, and right. Uh, I can definitely throw some your way that would be great a great fit um yeah just from be being around the sure. community but yeah. the grandstand's gonna do an awesome job with that and uh you know then I really, and i was I, so stoked to not have to go through a publicist to chat with you yeah. you know like i love it yeah. when someone just responds and it's like yeah how about you know this time we got this going on and blah 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 those are the coolest thing and sometimes those have come two years later yeah. a response to a message on facebook or something has come two years later Oh yeah, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and and I mean, you sent me the record. It's fantastic, and and knowing that part about it uh, that it was recorded in that amount of time, you know, with that behind it, like the the it just fits right in line 
with what we were talking about with you know who you are and and how you work you know yeah, it's, it's been it's, it's it's like finding your legs exactly it's refreshing yeah. and it's it's uh you know like i say from my my teenage years just like where you were you know i've i've been listening to what you do and and enjoying it and it's enriched my life and uh it's just awesome i think there's one interview i've watched maybe one or two interviews over the last couple of weeks, just kind of getting a feel, you know, not necessarily research, but just like, cool, you know, let's watch this. And there was one yeah. particular one where you were talking about uh, kind of like camaraderie and the, that magic that happens in a room with people. And you actually like teared up. Yeah. And I was like, that's my guy right there. Like that right there sold me 100%. Like this guy is 100% genuine. Like that, getting that emotional about something that is that special and not yeah, you know I, there's no like bravado or you know uh you know hold on shut it off you know like it's like you it was a genuine moment and 100 percent right there i was like fuck yeah this is happening <laughs> this is great and uh you know so not to not to ramble on you know jim but no no but i i Don't really get, appreciate 100 percent everything you've you've put out i mean the records you put out the the it's all been a part of my musical you know, socialization, uh, my, my palate, like it's, it's something I'm eternally grateful for to you. And, uh, I mean, it's been a real pleasure. Um, thank you. Well, I'm glad to make this friendship. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and thank you so much for, for the time change and, and, uh, just being <laughs> yeah, no so worries. gracious, you know what I mean? And, yeah, no uh, worries. now you've done your first podcast. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> You'll never forget it. Yeah, you, you, you may go out of business line. now, though. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> that's, <laughs> can, maybe I'll make yeah, I'll make less money than I do now off, off, <laughs> off of zero. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank you so much. Hey. I appreciate your time. All right, Jim. Thank you, man. All the best to you and, and best of luck. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jim Ward from At the Drive In and Sparta. Amazing guy, amazing output, and just a sweetheart, man. Jim is the best. So thank you to Jim for taking the time out of his day to come on and chat with me uh, you know, for an hour and, and uh, do the damn thing, as it were. So check out the new Sparta album, Trust the River. It is an amazing, amazing record. When it comes out, you need to get, grab it, hit it on Spotify, whatever you need to do. Uh, but you know, hopefully it's something that puts money in their pocket. You know, if you can buy the record, buy the physical copy, buy shirts, buy merch, go to the shows, help the band out. Um, that's the best way to, to support. I know, you know, I'm guilty of it too, being streaming music all day or podcasts. But, you know, make sure you support the musicians and, and what they do. And, I mean, Jim is no different. He's, he's a working musician. And, uh, yeah, so help that band out. Spread the word. It's an amazing, I'm telling you right now, it's an amazing record. You're not going to be let down. It's, it's, it's amazing. So check out Trust the River from Sparta and, uh, you know, everything Jim's done at the drive-in, his solo record. Um, yeah, all kinds of good stuff, guys. So thank you so much for coming back week after week. Hit up peerpleasurepodcast.com. Uh, rate and review the show on iTunes, Google Play, all that jazz. Uh, same thing I say every week, but tell a friend. And uh, as always, guys, we'll see you on the radio.
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com.